everybody. Welcome to episode 40 of Weighing In with Andy Hamilton and David Miracatani. I'm Andy Hamilton coming to you from the National Wrestling Hall of Fame Dan Gable Museum in downtown Waterloo, Iowa. Joined on the phone again by David Miracatani coming to you from St. Louis or the outskirts of St. Louis, I should say. David, the suburbs. Everything down south. How's everything in St. Louis suburbs? <laughs> everything's great, man. How are you doing? Doing well. Doing great. Another uh, lengthy list of things we can uh, touch on in the wrestling world that has uh, taken place here. News that has dropped in the last week. Isaiah Martinez has come out and said he's planning on staying at Illinois. Gavin Hoffman announced his commitment to Ohio State. Uh, Trent Paulson is headed to Virginia, going to join his twin brother, Travis, on the staff there. Roger Reyna was announced as the new head coach. At Penn, Joe Russell is leaving George Mason to go to USA Wrestling. We've got uh, 174-184 breakdown. And then uh, also taking a look at an interesting uh, cross-country wrestling camp that's kind of popped on our radar here recently. David, where do you want to kick this thing off? I want to kick it off with the Win Magazine Awards, because you won't if I don't. So I want to publicly congratulate you for being named the 2017 Win Magazine Journalist of the Year. Uh, I thought a lot about what I was going to say about this. First of all, obviously, it's well-deserved. But um, it means a lot to me that you won. You've been really a mentor to me. I had no idea what I was doing when we started doing this. I just like to do rankings. And, you know, you've been very kind and very patient uh, to me and with me. And uh, I think it's just awesome and well-deserved. I um, also got permission from Sophie that for the rest of today's episode, I'm allowed to call you Bubba if I want to. I don't know what that means exactly, but um, she said if there's any problem that you have to take it up with her. So, but, but sincerely, a heartfelt congratulations, man. I'm proud of you. Well, thank you. Thank you for the kind words. And uh, certainly, uh, you know, I feel like the award is, a uh, great reflection of, of the entire team, um, yourself included. Uh, you've been a huge uh, addition to our team at Track Wrestling, and, and I could go up and down the list of, of the guys that have um, played a huge role in, in uh, getting this thing off the ground, and, and certainly our, our network of freelancers, um, you know, Travis Johnson, Greg Wallace, Roger Moore, Gary Blockus. Uh, those guys were the, the ones doing the lion's share of the work on, on those uh, uh, conference notebooks throughout the season. Uh, ben Visser, who did some intern work for us. Sam Phillips cut up a lot of highlights for us. Um, you know, I'm sure I'm going to be leaving some people out, and I, I hate to do that. Uh, but, uh, you know, those are guys that uh, chipped in, did a great job for us, as well as uh, I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't include Shane Sparks in that. Uh, just some some incredible interviews that he got throughout the year. and. Um, certainly, you know, the people in the wrestling world know the, the kind of energy that Shane Sparks brings to the Big Ten Network, and and that's Shane Sparks 24-7, 365, <laughs> 2 o'clock in the morning, uh, <laughs> For sure. 3 o'clock yeah. in the morning, 6 o'clock in the morning, whatever hour of the day uh, that guy brings it. And uh, so certainly, um, you know, I feel like I'm getting getting the credit here when it, it, it deserves to go to a lot of people. And, and thank you for that. So, uh, uh, 
you know, one guy, my, one guy uh, wins the award, though. It's just yep. like all the guys but, that win nationals. They thank they thank everybody, but at the end of the day, they had to go out and wrestle, and you had to go out and do do your work and and be the excellent journal, journalist you are. So sincerely, congratulations, man. Well, thank you, thank you. So enough about me. <laughs> uh, you know, lots of stuff like we mentioned coming on, uh, coming down the pipe here in the last week. Uh, certainly, the IMR situation. We've we've talked about that at length. Um, you know, here the last couple of weeks, you know, what, what right. does uh, the Mark Perry news mean for Isaiah Martinez? And, and you know, they've got such a tight bond there. Uh, but uh, Isaiah's come out and said uh, on uh, a, a podcast here, um, the Inside Trip podcast, I want to give those guys credit for that. Uh, sure. You know, they had him on. And uh, Isaiah said to me, the big, the Loyalty is a big deal. I would never transfer from Illinois. Uh, you know, he goes, I could if I if I graduated, I could transfer. Uh, I am on track to graduate with two degrees by the by time I graduate next year. I wouldn't transfer. Um, I have a job to finish with this university, and this university has my commitment. Loyalty is a big deal to me, and I would never leave my coaches here at this school. Surprise, David? No. Um, I talked to some people about this that spoke to me um, out of anonymity, and I knew for sure this was going to happen probably about nine days ago. Uh, I was surprised then, but, uh, yeah, it doesn't really surprise me. Um, and I think, you know, I, we looked at the one relationship, but, you know, obviously he's got relationships with a lot of people there. I mean, you know, you've got the head coach, you know, Coach Heffernan and Coach Hunter, you know, his training partners. You know, I don't know if he's got a girlfriend or any of those other kind of things. But, I mean, there's a lot of things that obviously go into that decision-making process. And, uh, you know, I think it's a good move still for everybody. I think, you know, you know Mark really well. I know Mark fairly well. I think it was a stressful relationship that was there. Um, and so I think – you know, maybe initially it won't be 100% positive. But I think eventually it'll be good for Illinois, and obviously everybody's hoping it'll be good for Iowa. So, um, and the other thing that people don't think about is, depending on what you major in, you know, stuff doesn't always transfer. You know, I mean, you know, when I coached in junior college, it's a lot easier. College algebra is going to be college algebra no matter where you go. But when you start taking junior and senior level classes, certain schools have very specific classes. And if you, you know, you have any sort of off the beat major, uh, that would, that would have an impact. And, and I, I had heard he was on track to graduate, which is great, but I'd also heard he wasn't going to graduate like as of, you know, earlier this month or as of this summer. So, you know, he's got to be over 80%, but unless he graduated, he would need a release. And God only knows why Illinois would release him. I mean, you know, they, you know, they've scholarship this kid and given him an opportunity to be a winner. And, you know, it, it makes sense that he stays, you know, once you kind of have a bigger view of the whole picture. Well, we might as well stick on the topic of college wrestling while we're on it. And, and I mentioned uh, Trent Paulson headed to Virginia, going to join his twin brother Travis down there on Steve Garland's staff. Uh, pretty cool that uh, the Paulsons get to stick together. I think um, you know yeah. guys that uh, spent you know all but you know one of their you know one year in their life uh, have spent in the state of Iowa. They went out to Nebraska, I think, for one year. And they were both on, um, 
you know, training out there for a little while, came back, joined the staff at Iowa State. Uh, Travis lands the first job out there, and it's just kind of unique. You know, Virginia goes from having no openings to, to having two, and both of the Paulsons wind up getting to stick together. So, so uh, you know, I thought that was a pretty cool storyline. Uh, it's it's pretty interesting what Steve Garland's got going there, though. I mean, a couple guys in the semifinals uh, this year, Jack Mueller coming back, George uh, D. Camillo making it to the finals. Right. We've talked uh, before in, in recent episodes about just what they've got in place. It feels like, uh, you know, Virginia's starting to take off a little bit. Yeah, they've recruited really well, right? I mean, when we went through and did that top 20 preview and, I don't remember the exact quote you had, but you said these aren't just prospects. You know, these are elite, top shelf. I don't want to misquote you, but, you know, basically these are top-of-the-line high school kids, and, you know, these are kids historically with those kind of credentials that make a big impact in college. Um, I'm actually working on getting Cody Bickley from USA Wrestling on Match Chat here in the next week or two because uh, I really want him to come on and talk about RTCs and, you know, the, literally what RTCs can do and can't do and what a coach can do on one of those and can and, and how, uh, uh, you know, how they're, how the rules are enforced so that people aren't, aren't you know, breaking them. And a lot of people think, oh, well, this guy's going to go there and he can just do whatever he wants. And, and it's not the case. And RTCs are great for wrestling, but the NCAA works with USA Wrestling to enforce those. So those guys will have very distinct roles, one being on the RTC and one being on the collegiate coaching staff. And I think you'll see their styles, their mindset uh, really impact that program, you know, from the freshmen all the way to their, you know, not just senior in college, but senior level guys. And, you know, one of the Paulsons was a, a whisker away from making the Olympic team against Herbert uh, in the last, at 2012 at, at the trials, correct? Yeah, yeah, Travis was. You, I, I think it was Travis. You remember that goofy push-out? Yeah, where, where he jumped uh, up in the air. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or it didn't seem like it was possible that uh, Herbert could have stepped out first, and, and sure enough, he did. You know, that was, uh, you know, one of the one of the memories I have of that. But, uh, yeah, Travis and Trent, um, you know, guys that, uh, like I mentioned, you know, deep roots in the state of Iowa and, and – uh, Especially there in Ames, and uh, good to see that they've they've landed on their feet and found a way to you know stick together. I know Trav or Trent told me last week that uh, you know he was ready to to um, you know cut the cord so to speak and and uh, go up to Wisconsin. It looked like he was uh, going to take an opportunity up there with a the regional training center up there, and uh, you know this came along. So so there's that. If you go a little bit further north, um, Penn. You know, we talked about uh, the Alex Tirapelli situation here a couple weeks ago and uh, found a little bit more out about that in the middle of last week when, when Roger Reyna was announced. Uh, he is returning to the head coaching post there at Penn. Uh, the Roger Reyna uh, head coach of wrestling is now Roger Reyna himself. So, uh, David, what uh, what do you think of the move there? I, I know uh, in listening to or, or reading tweets, you know, especially uh, a guy like Brandon Slay, he uh, uh, wholeheartedly uh, endorsed the move. What do you know about Roger Reyna? What do you think of the move? Uh, Roger Reyna actually recruited me. That's, you know, I, I, I went to Penn on a visit. Um, so, I mean, I have a lot of respect for him. 
you know, old school guy, you know, he's, he's coached most of the national champions that have come out of Penn and obviously was Slay's coach who wasn't a national champion, but obviously went on to be an Olympic champion. Um, so I, I have nothing but, you know, good thoughts about Roger Reina. I just still feel like Carapelli that, you know, I just feel like there were some things there that weren't right. You know I mean? That guy moved his, you know, family moved his life, did a lot of things like that. Um, you know, and, and I feel like Roger Reina, I think he's 62 years old. I mean, he's not going to be the coach there for the next 15 years. So, you know, we'll see what, what comes out of that. But, I mean, it definitely feels like, you know, he's probably there, you know, two to five years, maybe six years. You know, somebody else will take over, whether that's Brandon Slay, because he's already going to be in that room, or whether they're going to do a national search. Just doesn't feel like they did a national search or anything like that. And so, I mean, I, I think it's good for the program. Obviously, brings the when the coaching position is named after you, you have credibility. I, I just, I don't know. I just feel bad for Terrapillar. That's all. It's, it yep. kind of sticks in my craw. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, another big coaching uh, situation that popped up here uh, over the weekend or Friday, I guess it was, uh, Joe Russell. George Mason coach is leaving to go to USA wrestling manager of freestyle programs. Uh, Joe Russell said uh, in the release um, or, or actually told USA wrestling, Richard Immel, I feel blessed and honored to be chosen to assist the freestyle national team as a passionate advocate for wrestling from before I could even walk this honor and responsibility given to me is breathtaking uh, you know, it's you know during his time there, George Mason Russell uh, led George Mason to 41 dual meet victories, coached six wrestlers to uh, eight bursts at the NCAA championships. Very interesting to see how that role evolves out there, and also uh, you know who winds up at George Mason. Um, right. Just your general thoughts on on that move there. Well, it's interesting because I just interviewed Gary Mayab for Matt Chat. He'll come out on uh it'll come out on um Friday. But he has the same role in the Grucco program. So if for people that don't know Gary Mayab, he's one of the most organized human beings in the world. So it was really interesting. He broke down what they're gonna do and everything else and people don't remember Joe Russell wrestling. A lot of them don't. That dude was a bad dude. And really high-level technique, really smart guy. So he, it feels like a really good fit for USA Wrestling. Obviously, they went out and got their guy. And, I mean, we talked about they still need to fill the position that, that Metcalf left. So, um, you know, we're going to see at least one more change there at USA Wrestling. But I'm really happy for Joe Russell. I mean, people that don't know his story, he's overcome hardship to, you know, to stay in the sport of wrestling and be a really valuable, productive member of it. So, you know, nothing but with good thoughts and wishes towards him, and I think it's a great get for USA Wrestling overall. Also uh, in the news the past week, um, you know, the, the rumors surfacing about uh, Joey McKenna possibly leaving Stanford, um, Gavin Hoffman committing to Ohio State. So Ohio State gets uh, two of the top 17 recruits now on the intermat, uh, top 100, or actually top 50 list of the of the class of 2018. Hoffman at number 17, going along with number 13, Jaden Maddox. So Maddox, a middleweight, Hoffman uh, stepping in at uh, potentially 84, 97, somewhere in there. 
Uh, certainly a, a good gift for Ohio State and, and also a, a good situation for Gavin Hoffman stepping into that room where you got uh, Kyle Snyder, Colin Moore, Miles Martin, you know, Bo Jordan, uh, possibly sticking around to train as well. Sure. So uh, a good gift for Ohio State. Um, also kind of goes to show that Penn State's not going to get everybody in the top 20 on that list for 2018. So uh, uh, for Ohio State going to Pennsylvania, get a pretty good one a couple times state champ, uh, good gift for the Buckeyes. For sure. And, you know, we talked about last week doing Ohio border brawl. So, you know, I, I, I pay attention even more now to, you know, the Ohio seniors to be and Pennsylvania seniors to be and Michigan and Indiana and West Virginia and those states. So, uh, but yeah, I had heard that he was going to go there. I'm like, if this kid announces he's going to Penn State, we'll either have an hour podcast about that or we'll just give up. So um, <laughs> it certainly keeps things interesting. And uh, yeah, I think you'd mentioned McKenna too, right? Right before that, about maybe he yeah. might end up somewhere. Yeah. Yep. Um, but what's really interesting, if you look at him, is you know some of the programs that people are talking about him going to, but people. Yeah, I don't think people understand that schools have no money right now for this year. I mean, they have money set aside, but it's for the class of 18. But they might not even have money set aside. They just know guys are going to graduate this year. You know, like, to use an example, Gavin Hoffman is, you know, probably getting money that's coming free when Nathan Tomasello, uh, Bo Jordan, and Kyle Snyder graduate. I mean, obviously people are smart enough to figure that out, but you generally, if you're a really good team, you don't have just, you know, half to three-quarter scholarships just laying around in basically June 1, just hoping a superstar shakes out. So, and then you combine that with a lot of the really good teams that don't have huge needs at 141 or 149. Uh, you know, it's going to be interesting. I mean, we talked about Pat Lugo last week, too. It It wouldn't shock me if both those guys ended up staying where they are. I'm not saying they yeah. will. I just, it doesn't shock me. I mean, you know, people, kids get upset, stuff gets fed. I mean, yeah, I talked to a coach and he goes, you know how many guys would transfer if just every time, you know, somebody had a crossword with them, they left. He goes, you know, that's, that's part of coaching. So, you know, I, I'll be interested to see what happens. I mean, I, I understand that there, when there's smoke, there's fire. So I, I do believe that that could happen, but you know, to me, the one that makes the most sense if they have the money is uh, Lehigh because of his relationship with Coach Bucks. But again, you talk about the RTC rules versus being on the staff rules, and it, those are not the same thing. People think they're the same, but they're not. So, uh, yep. yeah. So it'd be interesting to see how it shakes out for sure. Yeah, and I, I certainly don't know uh, his academic situation, but uh, you know he's, you know, in year two, wrapping up year two out there, and uh, you know, boy, Stanford education being um, halfway to, you know, potentially halfway to graduating out there, uh, you know, that that to me would be pretty hard to walk away from, you know, the possibility of getting a Stanford degree. Uh, but that being said, um, you look at. You look at wrestling goals, and, and these are guys that are deeply invested in, in the sport and, you know, have invested decades, you know, a decade or a decade and a half into, to, you know, chasing these dreams. And so, um, but but I'm with you. I, I think that, uh, you know, you, you look at uh, 
where they might wind up. And, and there aren't a lot of uh, programs with huge pressing needs out there. Um, I know Joey McKenna had spent some time in Iowa City, I want to say two summers ago, a little bit maybe, when he was out rolling around with some guys, uh, you know, with Hawkeye Wrestling Club guys there for a little bit. Uh, so, you know, but you, you mentioned, you know, the, the potential list there. Um, what do we hear? Penn State, Ohio State, Iowa, um, Lehigh. Uh, but that, that being said, that's, that's going to be interesting. I know. Uh, you know, the, the point you make about scholarship money at this stage in the game, I think back to a year ago and, and one of, uh, you know, one of the problems for Iowa state a year ago was when Earl Hall out of nowhere got that, uh, six year, yeah. six year of eligibility. And suddenly, you know, they got to figure out a way to, to um, you know, help them have some, funds, have some funds to help yeah. them. And, and I remember Kevin Jackson talking about that being a little bit of a challenge at the time, you know, just because they, they usually had tried to set aside some money for guys that had performed well academically, guys that had uh, performed yeah. well on the mat. Uh, so maybe some programs have a little bit of that floating around still, but, but to your point, I, I don't think that, uh, you know, there are a lot of coaches that are banking on a, a high-caliber transfer being available at this stage of the game. Yeah, and, and a couple things there. First of all, I, you're right about McKenna rolling around with in Iowa, but you know McKenna's been on world teams. He wrestled for Blair. Yep. I mean that that kid. You go through his, you know, Twitter account or Instagram or cell phone or whatever it is. He he has connections to everybody and probably yep. the top thirty in the in the country. So yep, and absolutely. probably positive connections. You know, so yep. I mean, everything you hear, he's a really nice kid. You know, so I mean, there's no reason to think, you know, he doesn't have a a, a network at this age. So, I mean, that's that's really important for people to realize. I mean, he could go anywhere. You know, I just – and all the points you make about, you know, like the point about Kevin Jackson, what he said, that's really true. I mean, like I know a ton of kids that went to Missouri because I'm here and I know a lot of them. And they went on next to nothing to begin with. Brian Smith is as good as anybody in the country in rewarding guys for winning. You know, like, you know, for, for making the academic all-SEC or, you know, Big 12 team back then or, you know – making the starting lineup or becoming an All-American or becoming a national champion. And so, you know, that's, you know, you recruit a guy, maybe, you know, you recruit me on 10 or 15%, and then that, then I end up doing these other things, and now I'm at 40 or 50. And you have to reward those. I guess you don't have to, but if, re, if you reward one, you got to reward all of them. And I think that's what's so astounding about the success Penn State's having recruiting because, you know, these kids, you know, you get them all in potential to begin with, you know, so and then what happens when they actually are as good as you thought they were? Then, you know, do you give them more? Or are, they, are they on a flat rate over there? So I, I just don't know. I, I agree with you, too. And the thing I think about when Joey McKenna went to Stanford is what's changed, right? It's not like when you go to Stanford, we talked about the University of Pennsylvania, you know, right before that you know you're not going to have the same amount of workout partners as if you go to Penn State, Ohio State, Oklahoma State, you know, Minnesota, you know, these traditional powers that are always in the top five, ten in the country. You know, and, and if, if, like, Jamil had left or, you know, uh, Borelli left or somebody like that left, you're like, okay, well, I get it. You know, like, maybe you rolled with, with Jamil three days a week or something. But nothing's really changed there. I mean, obviously, he's had great regular seasons and hasn't had the success he wants at the national tournament. But, 
you know, the paradigm, the structure that he agreed to commit to hasn't really changed. So it makes you wonder, you know, people only leave because something gets worse. You know, if everything is great, you don't leave. You know, that's whether it's a friendship or a relationship or a college. You know, if everything's cool, you stay where you are because it's cool. So, you know, kind of on the outside looking in, nothing's changed. Obviously, something has, or at least his perception of it has if he's serious about leaving. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes and, in his mind, what the perception is of what changed. David, we uh, I don't know how familiar you are with this, but uh, Mike Krause um, – Mike Krause contacted me a couple of days ago, and, and we were talking about uh, this this camp that uh, he's got set up. That's uh, sounds pretty cool. Um, Battle the bus. You can check this out if you, you search battlethebus.com. It says uh, explains what this is, but but Mike Krause out of Michigan there has got uh, a 21 day bus trip set up, uh, and, and there's still some openings on this for for people who are interested. Uh, they're going to go um, 21 days cross country, starting at the University of Michigan on July 24th, going through Ohio, Indiana, Wisconsin, Iowa, South Dakota, Nebraska, uh, Colorado. They're going to stop at the Olympic Training Center. They're going to go to Vegas. They're going to go to Stanford. They're going to um, travel throughout um, Northern, Colorado, or Northern California, up to Oregon and Washington, back through Yellowstone. Mount Rushmore, and then getting back to Detroit on August 15th, 15 states, 18 clinics, 21 days. He, uh, you know, the, the flyer describes it as a lifetime of experiences. Sounds like a pretty cool trip to me. David, going back to your experiences, do you have any camps or clinics, you know, back in the day that, that stood out uh, that, that were memorable to you? Yeah, I mean, when I grew up, my dad obviously was a college coach, and he would just open up his room in the summertime, and really, you know, guys that came back home could wrestle. I mean, you know, I was, you know, 12 years old wrestling with college guys, and I'm sure they were going super easy on me. But the two main clinics, and, you know, my dad's the most humble guy in the world. He acts like he doesn't know anybody. But he got Dan Gable to come to Merrimack and do a a seminar or a clinic, which was awesome. I think he did it, like, in 19... Like in the 70s, so not real long after he won. I, mean, I remember being a little kid. Um, and then uh, he had Sergey Belaglazov in, who, if wow. people don't know who Sergey Belaglazov is, literally is the Russian hammer. And um, sometimes when you do, you know, when you do, a, when you're at a clinic, you end up being the, the drill partner, right? So mm-hmm. I, I was Sergey Belaglazov's drill partner. And, you know, a lot of, you know, seminars they, or clinics, whatever you want to call it, they teach certain things. And then at the end, there's some Q&A, right? And, you know, like, you know, what do you want to, you know, what do you want to learn this and that? And I remember this vividly because I couldn't walk for like a week afterwards. Um, somebody said, well, you know, you just do freestyle. You know, are you getting any good on top with anything besides leg lace and gut wrenches? And he goes, well, what, like what? And he goes, like leg riding. He goes, leg riding is easy. And he just put in one leg, and I don't know what he did next because I was underneath it. But my spine bent in half. I was on my back, and I didn't walk right for a week. And he goes, see, leg riding is easy. So that, that's a very memorable impression. And uh, when I was in college as a freshman, I was actually Mark Perry Sr.'s drill partner 
for a clinic. So um, I've been blessed to have some really good guys beat the hell out of me. So the uh, thing my Krauss is doing, I, I don't know what the cost is, but it's it's really, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming if I understand correctly, like they go to Legends of Gold and whoever's there teaches. They go to Nebraska and Mark Manning and that staff teaches. Is that is that the concept of the of of the deal? Uh, that's my understanding. We're gonna we're gonna get Mike Krause on, and maybe we can get him on this podcast here in the next week or two. But we're gonna get him on a podcast on Track Wrestling to talk about this. Uh, but uh, I don't know that they um, necessarily go to uh, the University of Nebraska. I know they got a uh, a day set up on the schedule for uh, Nebraska Carney. Uh, mm-hmm. So, and and as I mentioned, Legends of Gold. Yeah, um, our guy Terry Pack, gonna, right? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So we're going to get him on. Uh, hopefully, we can get him on this podcast, maybe just to talk about it uh, here in the next couple of weeks. But um, yeah, sounds like a uh, a once in a lifetime opportunity for some of these some of these kids. I know. Uh, uh, I I want to say the cost is like thirty four hundred bucks, um, somewhere along those lines. Um, got a frequently asked questions section here. Yeah, thirty four seventy seven um, co- uh, covers housing, meals, gear, clinician fees, and uh, entertainment, um, theme parks, movies, sporting events, etc. So uh, doesn't sound like the worst deal in the world, you know. And I mean, you get your profile as a kid, you get to be seen by a lot of schools. And it's the other thing; it's almost like test driving a car, or you know. Getting, you know, going to demo days at a golf course where you get to hit eight different drivers right in a row and you actually figure out which one's the best for you. I mean, you get to meet all these coaches and you kind of figure out which program's the right fit for you, right? Yep, yep. And uh, it's it's a, um, you know, in talking to Mike, it's a it's a deal that's available to to kids of all ages. And uh, so, you know, for for college, you know, kids that are out there wanting to check out college programs. Um, as well as, uh, you know, guys that are in, you know, junior high maybe uh, that are just trying to, to brush up their skills and develop their skill sets uh, and getting get into a lot of different campuses and learning a lot of different things. Uh, you know, sounds pretty cool to me. It's right after Fargo too, right? So, you know, probably not going to be a ton of, you know, live goes and stuff like that. It's really going to be learning and probably be, I would think, slightly more relaxed and, you know, in coaching, you talk all the time about learning phases and training phases, and it feels like that camp will be one gigantically awesome learning phase. So that'd be cool if you could have him on. I'm actually asking some questions I'd like to ask him. I think, you know, I, I love anybody that's trying to do something new and uh, visionary in wrestling, you know. Absolutely. I'm trying, to, yep. I'm trying to do a few small things and, you know, trying to push the envelope for the for the betterment of the sport. And so – you know, you can have nothing but respect for guys that are trying to do stuff like that, for sure. Anything else you want to get to before we go to breakdown of what's coming back at 74 and 84? No, nah, let's let's dig in. You ready to get into it? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so 74, you know, we talked about how ridiculous some, some of these weights are. If you're looking for how it's not ridiculous, there's only five returning All-Americans. Here's where it is ridiculous. The top four guys are back, and literally 32 national qualifiers are back. So, top four, Mark Hall, Bo Jordan, Zahid Valencia, Miles Amin, although Zahid may move up, as we've talked about numerous times. 
Um, and somebody told me that Heat is actually two and zero. Granted, it's freestyle, but he's two and zero against Bo Nickel. So it's not like he'd be scared to do that by any stretch. Then you're round of twelve guys: Zach Epperly, Virginia Tech, Ryan Priest, Lehigh, Jaden Bernstein, Navy. Your round of sixteen guys are all back: Taylor Lujan, Northern Iowa, Trace Engelkis, Northern Illinois. Christian Brookie, Central Michigan, who actually has a win overhaul. Ryan Christensen, Wisconsin. Uh, and then round of 24, you have Ethan Ramos, who was an All-American in 2015. Uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Schleifer from Princeton. Joseph Johnson, Harvard. Connor Bass, Duke. Kai Schopstall from Edinburgh, who I know we both like. Jordan Pagano, Rutgers. Then you're round of 32 guys. David Koser, Devin Skatza. Matt Reed, who was around at 33, but really he got injured in the Big 12 Finals uh, against Crutchmer. Austin Trott, Nick Greenan, Chris Farr, Jacob Morrissey. And then you've got some really tough guys that are either coming out of red shirt, guys like Caleb Young, Iowa, Bo Bresky, Nebraska, Fox Baldwin, Virginia, are all freshmen. Xavier Montalvo, who sat last year behind Brunson at Illinois. And then you have Jacoby Smith, the two-time JUCO champ who redshirted last year at Okie State, who who pinned Brunson uh, at the Lindenwood Open last season. So this weight is loaded, 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 loaded. You know, when you when you took it this way, what 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 are the first couple thoughts that pop into your head, Andy? Well, um, you know, you mentioned Epperly's name, and, and uh, you know, he he decided to forego his his last year of eligibility. He's not going to wrestle at Virginia Tech next year, but uh, that takes one of of the big time. Uh, contenders out of this weight class, uh, but that being said, I mean, look at look at the top four, top three, especially Hall, Jordan, Valencia, um, tremendous talent at the top of this weight class, and then going down to uh, some of these guys, uh, Preach, we saw him, uh, you know, post some big wins this year. Um, going down a little further, um, uh, Luhan. You know, yeah. we saw flashes from him, just a, a guy that's really difficult to wrestle, it, it appears to be. I mean, some of the, the scramble skills that he has, super dangerous. Um, so it, it feels to me like, uh, you know, while while there are some other weights, you know, that we've looked at here in recent weeks, um, 65, for example, a little bit more top-heavy. Um, right. You know, but that being said, uh, uh, you know, I think 74 is going to be a lot of fun, you know, seeing the movement from, you know, five, six on down to about 15 throughout the year. Cause I think that there's, there's going to be a lot of parody, uh, in that. And as you mentioned, um, Jacoby Smith, uh, Caleb Young, Bo Bresky, Montalvo, Fox Baldwin. It seems like Fox Baldwin, when, whenever I've watched him in a, uh, a freestyle match, have been like 20 points on the board. And, uh, you know, things could get a little bit wild in some Fox Baldwin matches. He's going to be a lot of fun to watch next year. And yeah. uh, Renan, you know, Nick Renan, uh, yes. you know, coming yes. out at 74 as a true freshman. Ta- tall task that he went through this year. But um, you know, I think we're going to see some North Carolina State guys make make a move next year. We saw that they were they were really strong at 10 weights and and uh, you know some depth at several of those weights. Uh, but uh, you know, a better dual team than individual tournament team. I think that uh, some some individuals for North Carolina State are going to be moving up that ladder next year and, and make them a, a better tournament team. For sure, I need to correct myself. There's not 32 returning guys. There's 24 
we just ranked 25 deep, and I saw, you know, qualifiers in the first 24 boxes and got that confused with 33. But, you know, so there's 24 qualifiers back, and then, you know, guys like Caleb Young, you know, who's, who wrestled really well at the Junior World Team Trials, and um, I know Mark Manning's high on Bresky. I know Illinois is high on Montalvo. And, you know, Jacoby Smith, is that kid is the truth. He's awfully talented, and, you know, I heard he was doing really well. Um, you know, with Crutchmer in that room. So, I mean, that bodes well for them as well. Because, you know, they got a good lineup. They just, you know, they got a couple holes. And if he can wrestle the way, you know, you think he can, then that would make a big difference as well, obviously. Yep. Yeah. So, we go to 184. And you've got Bo Nickel at one. Miles Martin goes at two. And it's interesting. We'll talk about this next week. But Ohio State is ranked first or second in the last four-way classes with uh, Bo Jordan, Miles Martin, Colin Moore, Kyle Snyder. So, um, and, and I, I want to look this up. Yeah. And obviously they've got uh, Tomasello ranked. So he'd be ranked number two at either 25 or 33. So they're going to have five top two ranked guys. Plus Micah Jordan's going to be ranked in the top four. And you're, a, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I want to look this up. What's the highest point total ever for a team that didn't win nationals? Because I think I think that record could get broke this year. So it'll be interesting to see. But anyway, so Miles Martin is second. Drew Foster is third. Um, Pete Renda, who, who was fourth last year, or year in 2016, is fourth. Willie Miklas um, was sixth, sixth, and got injured. So I have him at fifth. I, although the rumor is he may go to 97, that he's really big. So I don't know. But for now, I'm having him at 84 in the much too early rankings. Then Dominic Abinader coming off a red shirt for Michigan. Then um, round of 12 guys, Emery Parker, you know, who had some really good wins. Nick Gravina. Then round of 16 guys, Dakota Gear, Jordan Ellingwood, Hunter Gamble, Michael Coleman. 24, round of 24 guys, you got – Zach Zabaski, Bryce Carr, Steve Schneider, Nick Korba, Dylan Gable, Hunter Ritter, Mitch Sliga, and Joe Heab. And then round the 32s, uh, Alex DeSiantis, Bobby Stevenson, Michael Fag Davies, Villa Hino, Christian Lafragola, and uh, Garrett Hoffman. And then you've got some really tough freshmen. you got Chris. Uh, Weiler from Lehigh, Max Dean from Cornell. Um, and I, I guess, and you probably know this, if Darmstead's going to probably go 97, but it'll be one of those guys there. Uh, Greg Bolsack, Clarion, and then Andrew Marsden from Oklahoma State, who's sitting in the finals of the Junior World Team Trials. So, again, another way where, I mean, none of these weights are, it's crazy how, you know, none of them you're like, well, you know, somebody could sneak in and, you know, make the finals you've never heard of before. It just doesn't feel like that again. Yeah, I'm with you there. And, and to uh, rewind to your question, I I want to say I'm I'm almost positive here that uh, Iowa in 2001 scored 125 and a half points and finished runner-up to Minnesota. And that's that's an Iowa team that had Strip Matter, Jurgens, Schwab, Zadik, T.J. Williams. In the uh, first three weight classes, their first five weight classes, second, first, second, third, first, and uh, certainly a top-heavy lineup there. They didn't get a whole lot of production out of uh, 65 through heavyweight, but uh, 
that was a team that scored 125 and a half and finished second to Minnesota, which uh, won it with 138 and a half the year. Minnesota had 10 All-Americans, none in the finals, but 10 All-Americans, only time that that's been done. So uh, I'm, I'm with you there that, uh, you know, Ohio State certainly could take a run at at that Iowa mark. Um, you, you look at the, the uh, points that they're going to score from those five weights that you mentioned, and then then factor in uh, Micah Jordan, what they're going to get at 65, Tishon Campbell, um, potentially uh, from Dayton Racer at 157. Um, you know, whoever, however the pieces, yep, yep, however the pieces align at 33 and 41, you know, 25, 33, 41, they're going to score, they're going to score a lot of points, uh, one through 10 next year. But uh, you know, absolutely, that Penn State bar is is out there a ways and. And uh, it's going to take a heck of an effort from Ohio State or, or, or anybody else, for that matter, to track down Penn State a year from now. Uh, Willie Miklas, you mentioned him, the potential of him going up to 197. And uh, you know, one of the things that's interesting about Willie Miklas, uh, you know, we saw him first dual meet of the season, or, or, or not first dual meet, but uh, one of the first one of the first dual meets of the season. Blew out his knee there against Virginia Tech uh, in the match against Zavatsky. And uh, never returned the rest of the year. Uh, but Brian Smith has told me uh, a, a while back that they're pretty optimistic that Willie Miklas is going to get an extra year of eligibility because of uh, injuries he yeah. sustained early in his year. So uh, to have uh, Willie Miklas back for a couple years is, is uh, quite a deal for, for Missouri, uh, as well as Willie, to, to have a chance to uh, potentially grow into you know, 197, if that's where he goes. It's interesting that uh, he's at 184. He spent the first two years of his career at 184 because his senior year of high school, he was wrestling 220 in, in Iowa and, and actually wrestled some heavyweight matches his senior year of high school. And so uh, uh, looking at him back when, when he was competing at Southeast Polk, I thought uh, just, just looking at the size of his feet and, and hands and, and his frame, I thought, uh, you know, this guy that could potentially wrestle – heavyweight in college and then uh you know they they get Jaden Cox and, and Jaden spends his career there at 97 and so Willie has to go down to 84 but uh uh that that to me would be a, a pretty good fit for Willie Nicholas if he he does indeed go up to 97 and and uh uh otherwise um just just taking a look at this I think uh it's going to be interesting to see Miles Martin uh Bo Nickel showdowns you know for the next couple of years if if we See those those showdowns continue, um, you know, and then then Pat Downey. Uh, we've talked a lot about him in, in recent weeks. Uh, the wild card that is Pat Downey. Where is he going to land, and and what weight will he be at? Uh, certainly, if if he's on a college roster next year, um, you know, whether he's at eighty four or ninety seven, he's going to be in the mix to to compete for a title. Yeah, and there's all kinds of rules there about going four two four four, and you know all that kind of stuff. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be interesting. But, I mean, the other thing that we, we kind of glossed on it, but is the Heat goes up to 184, he has to almost be considered a, a co-favorite almost right away. I mean, because he's, you know, I don't know if he's ever lost to Miles Martin or Bo Nickel. So, I mean, that really, really spices that weight up. And, uh, you know, I talked to some people I trust out there, and they're kind of undecided what they're going to do, but, you pointed this out all during the seasons. The Heat wrestled up for a lot of the dual meets just to make Arizona State stronger as a team. And that was when he was, you know, he had to weigh in at 174. So 
you know, clearly, I mean, granted, he wasn't wrestling the best guys in the country at 84, but clearly that size was not a problem for him against, you know, you know, probably some normal average middle of the road guys. So that, that way going to be really interesting for sure. Yeah. And just looking uh, at this list, Emory Parker, uh, Illinois yeah. makes a huge jump last year, a uh, minute away from the semifinals and, and looked like he was going to take Sam Brooks down uh, potentially to his back, gets rolled through and stuck uh, there in the third period uh, and uh, loses in the round of 12. But uh you know, he was one of the guys that made a huge leap this past season. So did Drew Foster from Northern Iowa. I mean, you, you yes. wind to, to yes. November, and, and there was talk whether Drew Foster would even be Northern Iowa's starter. Uh, you know, him and Jacob Holschlag were in a battle there for the 184 job, and and Foster won it, had a terrific season. Uh, just looking ahead with with the possibility of him starting the season out ranked third, um, you know, Northern Iowa's got a squad that uh, could really make a move next year. I know Doug Schwab's excited about the squad that he has coming back. I'm um, looking at uh, Max Thompson and and uh, Bryce Steyert and Foster and, and plugging Rudy Yates into that lineup somewhere, plugging Carter Isley in a heavyweight. Um, Northern Iowa's a squad that could, could really make a move, I think, next year and, and jump up into, you know, potentially back into the top ten. Yeah, and Holschlag – once he knew he was going 97, started to have some good wins at the end of the year. And like I told you, you know, we talked to him at nationals and that he knows he's just going to go lift and get big. And so, you know, you have to think that can only bode well for him in the future too. So yep. yeah, you, you and I is going to be scrappy next year for sure. So we'll talk about Jacob Holzog next week when we get to 197 in heavyweight, anything else you want to hit this week, David? No, but congratulations once again, Andy. I know we won't talk about this for a year, and you would, you know, probably didn't want to talk about it today. But you know, I'm I'm, I'm happy for you, I'm proud of you, and I'm happy for track wrestling. And you can be Batman, and I'll be Robin any day of the week, man. So, well, hey, what? Uh, while we got you, you mentioned Gary Mayab uh, coming up this week on Match Chat. Do you have any others that uh, you'd like to plug before we uh, sign off? Yeah, we're going to do Gary Mayab's interview we did last week, so it'll come out Friday. Rich Bender's out now, and it was, it's a great list, and he knows so many guys and gals and so many stories. He's, it's really an easy listen. Um, I'm working on getting Cody Bickley to talk about the RTCs right in time for uh, the World Team Trials, and then I'm going to do something a little different the next two weeks. I'm going to do my best to get all eight of the World Team Trial winners on for like 15 or 20 minutes and kind of combine three or four of them into an hour podcast, you know, for the following two weeks. And then I got some other people lined up for, uh, for late June and July that I think people will find really interesting. So, you know, this is the time to kind of play around with format. Cause once we get to, you know, definitely in October, November, we're, we're going to go stick with our bread and butter and go back to those assistant coaches to talk about the college season. Cause um, you know, that's where I started. And, and I think that was pretty well received. For sure. So check that out on Track Wrestling. We'll be back next week uh, to break down. Uh, I'm sure we're going to break down 97 and heavyweight, but also take a look at uh, world team trials or some other stuff I'm sure that uh, will happen in the college wrestling world. It, it, the news never stops now, 52 <laughs> weeks a year, and so are we. So uh, check back to Track Wrestling if you want to download and listen on the go or check back to the previous 39 episodes of Weighing In. You can do that on 
iTunes through the Matt Talk Podcast Network, as well as all of the past episodes of Matt Chat are on there. Great stuff that David has done. And uh, I also encourage you to check out uh, one of the new programs that we have. We just started it here in week three now, coming up on week four, uh, uh, the Blue Chip Recruiting Podcast with Eric Olinowski. He's had Gable Stevenson, Spencer Lee on in the first two weeks. He had Alex Thompson, the recent Nebraska commit. Uh, great stuff from Eric. He's going to be having some more high-profile guests on in the weeks to come. And uh, so I'd encourage you to check all that stuff out. But, uh, David, thank you as always. Thank you. And we'll be back next week. This show is part of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com.